0: Hey, do us a favor. If you like listening to this show, please just take a few minutes, not even a few minutes, one minute to go into Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. This is Grand let's get into the meat of the show boom let's uh, I'm not sure how I'm gonna, I want to do this charity thing at the beginning I'm not sure how to just jump in we're gonna have to, we're in a learning stage right now yeah just do it just do it I want to start every episode everybody want to start doing a beginning every episode briefly with just focusing on a monthly every month a different charity we're not getting anything out of this because it's a charity I just want to promote charities and I'm I'm starting with a very well-known charity, but I plan on doing some research and finding charities that where your money is going to go a long way and maybe charities you haven't heard of before. But where we're going to start today is with St. Jude. So if you don't know what St. Jude is, you've probably been living in a hole. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, St. Jude... They, not only do they do research for cancer, for specifically child ca- children's cancer, but they also take care of the families. If you have a child with cancer, like um, previous guest, Mark Ruiz, uh, you go to St. Jude's. I'm, I don't remember if he went to St. Jude's or not, but you go to St. Jude's and the treatment is free. And if you have to stay in a hotel because you don't live near the hospital, St. Jude's pays for that. It's just... It's a fantastic fucking charity, and how could you want children to die? So that's my plug for St. Jude. I'm going to put a link. It's going to be in the top of the episode. It's going to say, "Donate to St. Jude" or something like that. So please consider doing that. Even just a couple bucks goes a long way. I I know that if you know thousands of people give a dollar, that's thousands of dollars. Yeah, you don't have to give a thousand. Be cool if you did. I wish I had a thousand to give. To be honest. I think what happens
1: with people sometimes when they don't want to, like, or they feel apprehensive about donating to something that they feel like would be helpful is, you know, yeah, it's hard to, you know, say part with, you know, a large amount of money if you don't actually see something, you know, coming back from it with a lot of people's mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like thinking, okay, well, then I'll give something a little bit. But then they're like, well, then they feel guilty about it. Like, well, I only, you know, give gave a dollar. It's like, well, yeah, but a place, you know, a, a foundation such as this or any is not looking for one person to come in and carry the load and exactly. fulfill, fulfill the amount and fulfill the need. You know, it's like voting. You know, if everybody voted, then all of the um, votes... Come in, and it's the max amount you can get. And no one's just looking at one person. Well, what did you do? And what did you say? No, it's just everyone collectively, all the cogs make the wheel. So if everybody donates a dollar or two dollars, or someone donates 20, you donate five, it doesn't matter. It's it's being on a team, uh, it's a team effort. Yeah, yeah. It's the uh, overall just amount of people being involved, not the amount that each person is giving.
0: So, So, please, let's all be a team and go to St. Jude's and uh, give some money. Okay. So, in prep, by the way, uh, everybody, that's Tom's voice. Hello. Tom's back.
1: Back from birthday and barbecue.
0: Yeah. Uh, Go to the Patreon. If you guys $5 and up level, you'll be able to hear the, you know, what was that, like 40 minutes of chatter we did before we started this?
1: Oh, wait, we didn't start? Yeah, no, something like that. I think it was like, yeah, 20, 20 yeah. to 35 minutes.
0: Yeah, random chatter. That's what I'm calling it. Hear about his barbecue adventures more. Um, so, you know, what's I've been working on, I don't usually do a, a ton, a ton, you know, like weeks and weeks of, of research on episodes. But there's something that um, Lamb and I had talked about a long time ago that I started research on and... I'm saving it for the episode with him so I can continue on the episode. But when I was Mm -hmm. coming in this week, I'm like, Oh my God, I've been focusing on that. And this other project I've been working on, what am I going to talk about with Tom today?
1: (laughs) What are (laughs) we going to talk
0: about? What is the topic going to be? And I've was, i recommended this so many times. If you guys are not subscribed to Red Hand Files, which is Nick Cave's newsletter, where people send in questions and he answers them, it is one of the most enlightening things on the internet out there and i was reading that earlier today and it's it's really funny because the guy is a poet that's writing in and he's saying that his girlfriend doesn't like to read his poetry because um (laughs) because she doesn't want to hear him talking about the quote lusty girls on the subway (laughs) (laughs) and uh so nick cave suggests to him he says uh, something you know he says well what about what's right in front of you actually the, the exact quote which is Shows you, uh, number one, how articulate Nick Cave is, even in an email. He says, Having said that, over time, I have discovered great poetic and personal value in writing about the familiar. That which is in front of you, that which you see every day, that which sleeps beside you. For often, that quotidian presence is the most extraordinarily complex and dangerous thing of all. So basically, he's telling the guy, he's like, Why don't you write about your girlfriend? (laughs) Because maybe you're avoiding that because it's hard. And that got me thinking: What is in front of me? That's a topic that I'm, you know, how many thoughts we have? That you know, I'm focused on this this thing with this episode thing with Lamb, but then my my mind is not only thinking about that. I'm just telling myself that's the only thing I'm thinking about. There's a, how many thousands of thoughts we have a day, and there I, I realized there is one that's been on my mind pretty hard for even before that. Let's hear it. And it's about connecting thoughts. So my favorite podcast... Excuse me. My favorite podcast is called Weird Studies. And it's two guys talking, except these guys are, I would say, brilliant. Um, One of them is a college professor. And the other one is a filmmaker. And they just have these intense conversations about literature movies and sometimes they step into the paranormal but it's so academic in um that's that's like a negative term but it's just so intelligent and one of the guys had written this piece i don't have the name of the piece in front of me but it was about stranger things and watching i think he wrote it after the first season of stranger things and about the significance of analog technology in stranger things Mm-hmm. How the first season of Stranger Things seems to insinuate that there there aren't computers yet because they purposely ignore. There's no computers in there at all, even though that's like the age where the computer was really just becoming huge. Instead, they focus on like ham radios, yeah. <clears throat> analog technologies. So he writes this whole piece about that. And I'm reading it and I'm going, like, I, I believe I'm a reasonably intelligent person what is the difference between me and him? Like, why am I not able to connect? Like I can watch the show, but I'm not watching it going, what is the underlying implication here? And the reason obviously I'm wondering is because I want to write more things and uh, I would love to write stuff like what he was writing there, which I know I'm capable of, but why, what is the block there? Why am I not, when I see this, why isn't it connecting to this and why isn't it connecting to this? So th- the general topic, which I actually have more stuff on, but we'll obviously what we always do, chat about it as we go through every step, mm. the idea of connecting thoughts. Do you ever have that feeling where you're like, I feel like I have all this knowledge, but the things aren't, you know, the, the hubs aren't connecting and I'm not creating this pastiche of knowledge.
1: Uh, fuck, yeah. I mean, that's I, kind of like a daily struggle with me, with, you know, with how my brain seems to like I've been saying to a lot of people lately, like I feel like I'm out of sync, you know? Like That's a good way to say it. I feel like my place in moving throughout this, you know, space in the universe, like I'm supposed to be fit in, like the old school cutouts where you had like the, the dotted line cut out of like the person and you put like the little sticker in place of that. I feel like I'm just slightly out of, shifted off to the side out of that. And it's like I'm moving around and it's like I just like trying to run in your dreams kind of thing where it's like
0: mm-hmm. the
1: motion, the motions there, but it's not really moving the way I'm intending it to go. So
0: yeah, yeah as far I, I like as, to call it the fog too. Yeah. Right. Like oh. for me,
1: for me with like how my brain's been, been working for some time now, it's like, it just feels like some days it's even more impossible to get, even though I can see, you know, getting from point a all the way through, to, you know, Point F, trying to get all that together. It's like, well, it's nothing's doing, nothing's
0: happening. I don't know what it's like. Is mercury and Gatorade? I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> right? You start looking at your diet. You're like, am I deficient? And you know, yeah, is it the yeah, magnesium what is, deficiency people is always talking about? Yeah, people's, people, people. I mean, yeah, people's humans. Peoples. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I struggle with that a lot. Um, even just in communication and conversations with people, you know, it's like. Feeling like I should completely, totally understand what's happening, but I don't. And why don't I? Like, what? Are, what am I missing? Like, I feel like I'm. There's something up with me and how I'm functioning. You know, it's like yeah, you start to question, like,
0: like me. I'm like, do I have a learning disability? Like, right? Yeah, no. Am I, I feel starting like to come you're 90% down? Ninety percent of the way there, but you're like, why well, yeah. can't I get that other ten percent? You know, it's right. not like we're um, with no, no insult to anybody, but it's not like we are people who don't articulate our thoughts on a regular basis. I mean, that's the whole point of the show is trying to reasonably at some level, have an intelligent conversation. So obviously our brains are capable of what we're expecting from them. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, okay, when, when's the, you know, when's the next gear kick in?
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Um, I remember hearing someone, there was something floating around the internet where, uh, people are trying to say like, Oh, you know, at certain points in history, like the world ended and what we're living in now is like a matrix type simulation. And that's why (laughs) I feel like out of, out of, uh, in that fog, you know,
0: our characters Um, maxed out (laughs) pretty
1: much. Yeah. Or like, you know, that's why you see like a dude just standing against the wall, just like, just like, you know, homeless dudes out on the street, just walking in circles. Seems like they're glitching out. Um, you know how, like when it would happen to me all the time when I, turn on or get in a video game and like the perspective or um the controls would be like swapped for somebody else. Like Mm. I'm used I'm used to the left thumb controlling, like looking up, looking down, looking left, looking right, and then the right thumb controlled going forward, going back, going, you know, Mm -hmm. like the actual movement. But then you get it with someone else's, and then all you're doing is just like facing the ceiling and like walking around in like a circle or you're staring at the floor and like running into a wall
0: or you, you pick up a, you know, like one of the shooting games or whatever. And somebody's like reverse the X axis is up is down and down is up. You're like, this is an airplane. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I hate that. But I feel like that almost on like a
1: daily or two, you know, multiple times a week. Um, just the other day I was like trying to, you know, just, I get up and I'm just like, I feel kind of foggy, you know, feel drain I feel like I'm being pulled down like Mm -hmm. there's like like Jacob Marley there's like chains just pulling me down and I'm like bumping into the wall which I never bump into you know like I'm just off yeah things aren't like I'm reaching for something but I'm just slightly off to the right and I'd knock it over instead it's like what the (laughs) fuck is happening to me right now
0: well and what people might think where we're going to go with this subject if they listen to the show enough we're not going to go where you think we're going to go yes The internet and uh, overstimulus and social media are probably to blame for some of this. We've talked about that before. (laughs) That's not where I'm going to go with this today. Uh, One of the things, so I had this in my mind. So I'm thinking about it. I'm like, okay. So I start looking up like things. So I'm like, let's do a little research, prepare for the episode, do a little bit of research, start hunting around like for little sparks of things about, you know, like brain making connections. I never ended up searching for neuroplasticity, but I should have. Um, And it reminded me of a book. Uh, Some of the things that came up reminded me of a book I read, which is called Thinking. Excuse me. That's called burping in the middle of a sentence. Thinking, Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. Now, what's the essential idea behind this book is that we have two ways of thinking. So uh, people often misread this title as Thinking Fast and Slow. It's thinking, comma, fast and slow. In other words, two Mm. modes of thinking, fast thinking, slow thinking.
1: Mm.
0: Or as he refers to them in the book, system one and system two. So system one is like how your brain functions when a bus is about to hit you. (laughs) Like, oh shit, move. Right? Fast thinking. System two is how much wood do I need to fix the back fence? Okay. Now, any piece of paper, okay, I'm going to put in this many pa- slow thinking mm. and it's easy to it's what's what's I think uh anybody that's not read the full book or they've just read a synopsis of the book, what's easy to to, to think what he's talking about here is oh, oh okay, so system one is instinct, and system two is more what we would call quote thought mm-hmm. but that's not what he's actually saying. What he's actually saying is closer to reaction versus contemplation or calculation. Mm. So, for example, um, System 1 can rely on knowledge. It's not, it's not the part of your brain that doesn't need knowledge, you know, the instinctual, primal part of your brain. So, for example, if I ask you your birthday, you know your birthday. Mm-hmm. You're going to answer pretty quick. You're, you yeah. don't have to put much thought into it. That's System 1. You're so familiar with the answer that it's reactionary. Yeah. Like, when's your birthday? Boom, comes out. Yeah. You didn't have to retrieve that information. Whereas System 2 is more, what day of the week was your 16th birthday on? Like, okay, I can figure that out, but this is going to take me a little bit of time. (laughs) So that's really the difference between those two systems. And like I said, we're not going to go into social media thing, but I do think that uh, there's an argument where we could take a side... Sidebar here about how being able to react, react to things quickly, like especially on something like Twitter, you're feeding system one and not feeding enough of system two. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that. I'll, I'll pause there so we can go back and forth for a little bit before I go deeper. What are your thoughts on
1: that? I, I mean, I feel like I I exist primarily and always have in the, um, the contemplative, you know calculating way of, of thinking. You know, the, there is the, the the natural, you know, when I'm driving and stuff, I'm like exploiting gaps and trying to get there as fast as possible. Get out of my way. There's no reason for going that slow. But generally, everything that I'm doing is like, I, I, I thrive in just, you know, analyzing and thinking and taking my time, you know, and like, kind of being slothy with it where it's like there's no need to rush you know it's and it's funny because there's certain things where i'm very much like you know why are you doing this this slow why is this taking so long let's go let's go let's go and then things that are more to me you know in my what makes sense in my brain more important it's like let's not be too hasty let's just uh let's take a moment let's maybe take a few moments Yeah, get to it. Get to it.
0: It's still light out, you know. Like it's, um, well, before we go further, we don't want to confuse patience with system two thinking, though. Those are two different things. Yes, system two is thinking about something extensively. Patience is a virtue. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, to me, they they
1: you know, they all kind of mush together. Well, yeah, you um, do need because patience. you have you Wars. have the patience in order yeah. to, to be able to uh, think like that. You know, I just don't want to confuse the listeners, though. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I know a lot of people that are the opposite of me and exist in that like now, now,
0: now, like, right? Quick, quick, quick! Um, yeah, yeah, what's on the radio? It doesn't matter. Just it's music. Yeah. That's system one, right? I just need I just need something in the background.
1: Yeah, that remember I was talking about um, you know, my my coworker, he needs he can't deal with silence.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, he has to have something going on. I don't care what it is. Music, you know, uh, podcast, whatever. It's gotta put something on. It's like there's days that I I'm not thinking about that because to me I can sit there and just like the music in my head can just go on Or I'm just paying attention to what it is that I'm doing and I'm thinking and my fit? my my the uh, Thoughts in my head are kind of creating that background noise, but you know, for someone else, it can't can't have external silence. It has to have you know something something going. So um, it's very interesting to kind of see how that kind of stuff can can help or um, hinder a situation or like you doing something
0: and i mean to be and to be clear even though i would say that i'm probably the same as you like i i reside more in system 2 than i do in system 1 uh at least on a i think actually it says somewhere in the book that almost everybody thinks that they're system 2 and not system 1 <laughs> but uh even even still there are still a lot of times where we're using system one and we're not realizing it, of course, right. Because it doesn't require thought. But the reason that even there's probably depths of system two, you know, like uh, there's more shallow uses of system two, you know, like, okay, I only had to think about that for five minutes, whereas something Mm -hmm. that, that takes, you know, three days of thought, like hard thought. And I think what, that fog and that gap that you and I feel, and I'm sure more than you and I, I know Lamb would agree with us if he was here, and pretty much anybody listening probably, it is that resistance. And I've used the term resistance before in, in reference to creative resistance, but what I'm going to use it here more as is friction, The harder you have to think about something, the longer you have to think about something, the more friction there is for you to do it. Mm -hmm. And what we're probably not really, we're probably not really battering up against a wall or in a haze. What we're doing is reaching a place of discomfort. Yeah. I was like, oh, you know, there's a small, it's probably system one, part of our brain going, oh, that's going to be fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> so just ignore that. Yeah, um, I'll do that later. And that's, that's one of the ways that they explain the way that the two work together because they're always working together, right? You're not just you're never in just one system. They work together. So, um, system 1 is the generator of ideas. So system mm-hmm. 1 is always thinking of ideas. Even stupid shit, just ideas, literally. It's just the idea maker. You know, we've we Lam and I have mentioned before where um or a thought that you don't want to have. I think he was um, referencing like a dark thought, you know, like a suicidal Mm -hmm. thought. It can Mm -hmm. pop in your head. You might not be suicidal, but it can pop in your head. And I made a reference to one of the famous Friends episodes where um, Chandler says something about uh, your parents popping up in your head while you're having sex. Um, That's System 1. Its job is literally just to keep shoveling ideas. Yeah. And it's shoveling them to System 2, and then System 2 is the discerner that goes, Oh, I'll take that one. Oh, I'll Mm -hmm. take that one while the rest of them are just, you know, falling like Skittles Mm -hmm. on the floor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the other way it also works is system one tries to solve everything. And when it can't solve something, then it turns around to its big brother and goes, do you know how to do this? (laughs) You know, like system one's looking at that fence going, you need how much wood? Mm, I don't want to do that. Do you want to do that system two? But system Two more time. System Two is like a sleeping giant, where yeah. it's like, "Yeah, I've got to have the giant kick this guy's ass because he he can kick my ass, but the giant's asleep, so he's going to be groggy, so it's going to be a little yeah. while before he can kick your ass, And I think that's what that haze is, is is maybe we're out of practice. I can say for me, for sure, I can't speak for you. I'll let you speak for yourself, but I'm out of practice of waking the giant.
1: Yeah, no, I'll definitely agree with that because I feel like I'm being able to come up with so many ideas and so many, you know, starting blocks but unable to, you know, find the gun to start the race kind of thing because um, that's kind of the basis of that feeling stuck thing. It's like, uh, it's like i stand in here, I just, once once this mud dries, I can get my feet out of it and start walking. You know, it's like, you just feel stuck and just, not that you're unmotivated, but just like, slow, slow to get going.
0: Mm -hmm. And then I think what happens, and this is not in the book, this is just me stipulating an idea. Uh, Actually, stipulating is probably not the right verb.
1: (laughs) That's all right. Someone will correct you
0: this is just me presenting an idea uh, i think what happens is if the giants too slow you know system 2 wakes up too slow that we kick it back to system 1 yeah
1: I'm like nah never mind because that's when people just kind of hastily make things you know make decisions mm-hmm. and you're like well just fuck it screw it no, i'll just do it and then regret or hey look i got lucky and it worked out um it's ugh, thinking, man.
0: It's a dangerous I definitely, game. <laughs> it is a dangerous <laughs> game. I, uh, I definitely think that, that I've been guilty of kicking system one things back or system two things back to system one. Uh, like, for example, in the last episode with Lamb, I talked about um, how I'm trying to practice spontaneous planning but delayed action. So, like if I have an idea, go ahead, plan mm-hmm. it out. Just don't do it and then wait. And then see if that idea is actually something you want to do. Mm. Because in the past, I'd have an idea and I'd go, okay, oh, that's a good idea. And it would you know it would slip into system two where I'd start thinking about it a little bit. And then if I liked it enough, it like, boom, and I just kick it back to system one and just do it. Mm-hmm. And then what you end up doing, like I have done with many, many creative things, is I'm continually shifting. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing yeah. this. So now I what I try to do to maybe not necessarily to stay in system two more, but to give system two time to wake up is I let things stew. Yeah. You know, I like think for example, this charity thing I've been thinking about for six months. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'll find a I'll find a way to do it. You know, like I didn't it's not necessarily that I didn't know how I was gonna do it. I just didn't I didn't find the place where I was like, oh, that's that's now's the time I wanna start doing that. Yeah. And so finally, I was like, okay, now it's time. But that's one of the few things that I've been patient to wait for. And I think that, that that's another thing too, is really important is to, to let things simmer. So that system two has time to really work its magic. Because system two, like like I said earlier, there are ranges of system two. It's not just I had to think about that for 15 minutes or an hour. Sometimes you need to think about something even on a subconscious buried in the back of your head way for six months. And you might not change your opinion on it at all, but you just needed to let it sit there until it felt like it was the right time, which kind of goes back to your patience thing a little bit. Right. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And you know, then you're, you're getting to then like, Oh, well then you're just, you're just a perfectionist. I know you're just a, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: uh, you're a Virgo. You're yeah. just this you know it's like there's some yeah, sort of you know, for listeners of by the
0: things. way tom and i are both furgo so
1: yeah <laughs> um, <understand> <laughs> right yeah because it's like you want to feel like everything is you know as it should be and as it would need to be for the best possible outcome mm-hmm. um, and doing anything other than that is uh you know uh it's not being fair or not being respectful to whatever it is that you're trying to get done. You know, it almost makes it feel like it's just kind of like a cheap, cheap attempt. It's like, well, if I'm not going to do it the right way, why am I going to do it? So wait till right. I can
0: do it correctly. So what I started thinking about, like going back to my specific usage here, where it's like, okay, if I I want to be able to start connecting thoughts, like, for example, like uh JF Martel from Weird Studies does when he writes something if I want to start doing that, how do I do it? So I had to start, I had to use system two, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously, I have a list of things here. We'll go through each of them individually. Um, so first one is, you want to have a lot of input. You want to be taking in good stuff. You know, like uh, my mom, you always used to say when I was growing up, garbage in, garbage out. So if you watch inane stuff, you're going to have inane thoughts. So... Finding good input, bringing an input in. And then what you're going to get from that is two things. You're going to get knowledge, which is good for what I'm, what I'm thinking about, you know, having that knowledge. But you're also going to have sparks. You're going to read something and go, oh, that's an idea. Like that reading that red hand files thing, that's a spark. Mm-hmm. So, input. I'm throwing input at you now. I'm going to stop at each one of them so you can reply to each of them. What are your thoughts on the input thing? Or do you have any? Not really.
1: (laughs) Pass. You covered it. (laughs) Pretty much. I mean... It's pretty basic. It's... Yeah. I mean, otherwise, I'm just going to sit here and just retell the things that you said, but just jumble the words differently so it sounds like I said them.
0: (laughs) Okay. Next one, then. Something we're doing right now. Talking. Mm. Conversation. Very important for stimulating this kind of thought not only because you have to listen and you have to deal with something unpredictable, which is mm-hmm. the other person's side of conversation, mm-hmm. but also because you're forced to articulate your ideas and oftentimes continually re-articulate it in different ways because somebody's not understanding you.
1: Yeah. No, the... I was having that discussion today. Um, I have a real hard time with... um repeating myself mm-hmm. like i don't i don't like to repeat myself especially if i feel like the first time i said whatever it is i said i said as blatantly clear and simple as possible or it's like how did you not get it the first time you know <laughs> and then it because what it does is frustrates me and like you know it's happened a lot you know in like work situations and stuff where it's like It's no longer, you know, I'm not getting mad because I have to say the thing. It's like, I shouldn't have to say it again. And the reason I'm saying it again is because like you, the other person chose to like, you know, not listen. Like that's the impression I get, you know, at first, mostly in in work situations. It's like, oh, well, you just either don't want to listen to me. Why don't you want to listen to me? Or why didn't you listen to me? Oh, it's because you um, either don't respect the thing that I'm saying or you don't think that I know a fucking thing or two. Um, so, you know, I feel like if, if you're in a situation where both people, um, are confident that the communication between one another is, um, it, you know, is it's valued and, and heard and the attempt is there to be heard, you know, even if it's like an unpleasant conversation, it's like, well, you know, you're both there, you're both present, you're both trying to get it and figure it out <clears throat> then then at that point i usually don't feel bad about um you know afterwards i don't feel about, bad about um or frustrated repeating myself or kind of going over the same points um maybe in the moment i'll feel
0: differently but overall but yeah um i think it's good to also have discussions where the person doesn't give a shit yeah. Because if you if like for example now you're talking about maybe in your specific like in the work thing, you're talking about communicating uh, something that you need the other person probably to do, or to know, at least, or yeah, or at least yeah, to know or retain. Right. Whereas um, if you were in the case of like say you're talking politics, mm. right? Maybe the point you want to make is really really important to you that this person get it. Yeah. So. You're gonna try. You're gonna repeat yourself because it's more important than, to you than not repeating yourself, right? Right, right, right. Because, because you're focused on that, and that's where I think the, the the value of some of this articulation comes through. Where if I say, I wish I could remember what episode it was, where Lamb and I were talking about. Oh, I think it was the. I'll I'll, I'll put the name of the episode in in the notes, but Lamb and I were talking about creating a personal information manual you know like here's stuff that i've learned and i can just search here for it you know like what's the best thing for that i've found in my personal experience for a cough mm. and have it there so that when i have a cough all i do is search cough and it goes take this oh that's right cool but he wasn't understanding that's what i was saying he he thought i was saying something along the lines of uh, creating a rule book for everything in your life yeah. you know like if a girlfriend says this do this you know And it was a minor difference between our two points, but it took the conversation a very different way. And I realized, I'm like, oh, I communicated it to him in a way that uh, whether I thought it was good or not, he didn't get it. Therefore, I failed in communicating. So in having to communicate to him again to where he got it this time, I actually learned more about what I was saying. Absolutely. Um,
1: that, That happens a lot. Um, and I think a lot of people don't, um, if they fail to pay attention to it, you know, it's, you're learning as much about yourself throughout the day while interacting with other people and other things as much as you're learning about those things, because, um, you might not realize what it is that you're outwardly like saying or, um, signaling you know with behavior that like you might think that um you're giving off this delightful um you know atmospheric i'm happy um kind of uh image but in reality you might not be you know i think it's a, a term that's um, coined a lot is the, the rbf the resting beard face everyone thinks i'm pissed off all the time and i don't <laughs> know why um But it's like, you know, for someone like me that thinks a lot and is in my head most of the time, it's like, I'm just like kind of walking around and just kind of in the zone. It's like, I've had multiple people come up to me throughout the years be like, I thought you were just like this fucking angry asshole. Like, Why the (laughs) fuck did you think that? You've never talked to me. It's like, well, I wasn't going to talk to you. Look at you walking around all the time with that serious look on your face. I was like, well, I'm either at work or I'm, I'm busy or I'm like thinking about something. It's like. I had a just making the assumption just by you know the outward look of the the RBF.
0: Come on, that's not cool. Pre-beard, even I used to get it. I had, I was freshman in college, so what was I? Eighteen at the time, eighteen years old. I had a well, I still have a shaved head, but I I had hair back then. I had chosen Mm -hmm. to shave my head. (laughs) as opposed to now there's a choice okay um and i had i had chin hair but i just had you know like the billy goat hair where it's just on your chin yeah um that's it that's you know like i didn't have the you know the beard can make us look more intimidating which is part of the reason some of us grow them and i was um i think i was like in my second semester and i got to know somebody that was in i had in a class i didn't know this person was in a class i had because i was in my own like you said in my own head and i wasn't paying attention to every single person in my class but i got to know this person in the second semester that i had been in a class with in my first yeah and and he said almost pretty much the exact same thing he said i was terrified Mm -hmm. of you (laughs) So what? He's like I don't know man you just look like you can kick my ass and like, I don't know I'm like really? I'm like why would I want to do that? He's like I don't know you just look mean. <laughs> hey, sorry. I'm not a pretty yeah. nice person. <laughs> and it'll become one of my good friends. But
1: yeah. That makes me like I that brings me to a topic that I've I've thought about bringing up on the show for quite some time and it's like it makes me wonder then, you know, There seems to be, I run into it all the time, where, and this might take us off topic for a minute, but I'll try to keep it brief.
0: It's okay. I have it on on a list, so I'll remember where we left off, too.
1: Especially since I've been of the bearded persuasion, complete strangers feel it necessary to just approach me out of nowhere for no reason or to to scream out at me from across the fucking crowded <laughs> fucking area. Nice beard, man. Magnificent beard. That beard dominates. It's like, even to the point where, like, there's been times where, like, I'll be walking around, like, sunglasses on, earphones in, like, obviously not open to, you know, not receptive to, you know, like, hey, open for business, come say hi. Um, and people would, like, almost, like, awkwardly move their body into my line of sight so they could like wave at me and get my attention and be like, I really like your beard. Now <laughs> I wonder, because it makes no sense to me. I don't ever feel the need or the impulse or the actual like push over the edge to make the action to walk by a complete stranger and be like, I like your shoes. Or, you know, I mean, I understand that it's like a compliment. But at what point, like, what is it that's making you feel comfortable to walk up to a complete stranger and just comment on their, on something about them that's just who, you know, it, it just grows up my face. It's just hair, you know? I don't think it's a thought process.
0: I think we're talking system one to bring it back to the topic yeah. in a way. No, yeah. You know, yeah. Without even yes. meaning to. Uh, I think it's system one that they're, it's, they're on a low level, they're emotionally moved to do it. Mm. I know that I am not a, I'm, I'm, most people would say, uh, in public, I'm a fairly reserved person. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I'm not the guy that's walking. My grandfather used to go to the grocery store, and he'd be gone for three hours. I think I've told this on the show before, mm-hmm. because he would talk to everybody as he walked down the aisle. Not yeah. in like some desperate way, but he just really yeah. liked talking to people. So, like yeah. somebody's picking avocados up, and he's picking up avocados. And now they're having a conversation. You know, mm-hmm. he wasn't like hunting them down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or keeping them too long. He just talked to them for like two, you know, maybe a minute, maybe two. And then right, boom, right. continue what he was doing. I'm not really that person. But there are times where I do things like what you're saying. But I don't... For me, it's never just that. I usually... It's, there's usually some back and forth. But mm-hmm. for example, when I'm walking the dog, every once in a while, I'll see somebody and you make eye contact. And it's like, Hi, how are you? Oh, why did I choose to say hi to that person? Right. And I didn't say it to the last six people. Yeah. And I think it's that system one where it's just there's something, maybe it's a subconscious something, you know, like a, for, for me in my case. Um, maybe there's just some s- subtle thing in their facial expression that was different than everybody else's that kicked that into gear for me. Yeah. And, and maybe think... they're remembering something and we're like, oh, I love beards. I got to tell them. Right.
1: I feel like with that, like with what you're saying, like sometimes that has to do with kind of what and not attract in the sense of like, like I want to mate with this person or I think primarily it comes down with that, but it's like what attracts you to another human being. Right. It's like something in the eyes, you know, it's like we made eye contact and it's like, oh, I felt that little, this person's interesting. You know, they made me feel something. Hello, how are you? uh uh-huh. um, or it's just like you see someone and they're just like, well, that person seems like a fucking grump. I don't want to talk to them. I'll give them a head nod. I'll give them a little, mm-hmm. you know, sarcastic mm-hmm. smile or the chin um, up, right? Yeah, <laughs> the, the reverse, or, the v- yeah. reverse nod. <laughs> yeah, the whole look at my nostrils. Mm. Um, <laughs> and I wonder too, when I think, you know, constantly about like the the just the huge amount of just random compliments and like hellos and stuff I get from people just because I have a beard on my face. And I wonder if it's enhanced these days because we are a culture of see something, double tap it, give it a like.
0: Mm, That's a good point.
1: You know, it's like you forget that you're in the real world. You know, it's like you can easily just go through, you know, because Michael, I have there's things, you know, uh either pages that are like run for certain things on Instagram that I follow that like I don't know the the people that run it, you know, but it's like for uh like one of the um master builders at the Fender Custom Shop making guitars and they'll post like one of their newly, you know, finished creations and I'll just like, oh, I'll send a comment. Outstanding, well done. It's like that's almost the same thing, but the platform on Instagram it's set up for that. Me walking out, you know, hand in hand with a girlfriend, walking down, um, you know, an aisle of a store or whatever, and just someone just like, almost like in traffic, just going by you in the other direction, like that beer dominates. It's like, what the
0: fuck? I think it's it's our tribal instinct too. You know, safety. Yeah. It's a subconscious thing where it's like, I like that thing. That person is displaying that thing. Yeah, I guess I'm or peacocking it a little bit. Making connection there, I've created a soft connection of some tribal thing, right? Yeah, and you know they're not thinking, "Okay, oh, I'm going to make this guy part of my tribe." They're just right. like, for example, it happens to me all the time when I wear one specific shirt. If mm-hmm. I wear my Nirvana sliver shirt, yeah, four times a day, great shirt, love that band, Nirvana. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah they're establishing tribal communication where it's like, I'm in your tribe. And it's usually somebody there's 50, 50 it's either a middle-aged man wearing cargo shorts Mm -hmm. and a plaid short sleeve button up shirt. (laughs) Or it's a younger kid wearing a band shirt. And so the younger kids going like, Oh, you're cool. Right. Because I, you're wearing something I've heard of and you're old. Yeah. <laughs> and I have one too. So you must be one of those cooler old people. And yeah. then the the middle-aged guy, which I'm middle-aged too, but what he's saying is, okay, yeah, I know I'm dressed like this, but I used to be cool. And when I was cool, I liked that band. So he's reestablishing his cool. Right. And so the beard's got to be the same thing. You know, you're know. you getting it from, from men. You're getting it right. like they're establishing the connection of manliness. I appreciate your... Yeah. Be- I I appreciate masculinity. And from women, it's probably just like either reminds me of somebody that was in my family or it's hot. <laughs> mm. It's funny
1: too, because I've been like, you know, I'm not the only person on the planet with a beard. And I've been mm-hmm. with other people that have them. You have kind and, eyes though. and. Apparent, but the thing is, it seems like to some people I don't, to some people I do.
0: Maybe they're not looking at your eyes. Maybe they're looking at like, your Hey man, my something.
1: eyes are up here man. Because <laughs> um, I remember um, when I went to Carlos's bachelor party out in Tahoe. Um, I, was I need to first, have him on the
0: show, by the way. Yeah, that's actually a good
1: guest idea. Um, I met and who he's now my friend, and we worked together um, downtown at san pedro um and uh he's got you know a long long beard, shaved head um you know a stocky dude heavier set than me um, and the first time I hung out with him and met him was at Carlos's bachelor party and we went to this little it was i like claimed to be like the oldest bar in Nevada or something I can't remember the name of it. And we're we're there at the bar and some people are playing pool some people are sitting out front a few of us were at the bar and there was a, a group you know mixed co-eds um, playing pool and like these two girls walk by and the one like just kind of did the, the typical like I, I can see when it's coming I know who's noticed me when I walked in because I can always tell who like looks and then either mentions and does like a pantomime beard thing with their hand over their face <laughs> or whatever. Broken it. Like wishing that they could, you know, whatever it is, or like talking to their, you know, it's like a guy talking to his girlfriend or talking to his friend, like, oh man, oh, I wish I could. It's always the same thing. Oh, I can't do that. Have you ever tried? Well, oh, no, but okay. <laughs> but yes, so these these two girls walk by and the one like, I was, like here it comes. And she's just like, I just have to say, you know, like a really nice beard and walks away. And two of the girls that were at the bar and that were in the group were like, um, or were, you know, listening and all that, were like, what did those two girls just say to you? I was like, oh, they just were commenting on my beard. And I look over at my friend Austin, who I just now I'm like at this point, we're just like, kind of getting to know each other, only known each other for probably less than 24 hours. I look at him. And I'm like, you know what I'm talking about, right? And he just looks at me dead and just goes, no, I don't. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. I guess guess it only happens to me. And then when we started working together, so we're with each other every single day. (laughs) And sometimes I feel bad, but it was just funny because it would happen. We'd be standing side by side and someone would like... (laughs) Look at me and just compliment and be like, "Hey man, wow beard." Suck dick, suck dick, suck dick, and then I like they'd walk away, (laughs) and Austin just be like, "The fuck? (laughs) What is this shit?" He's like, "I need to get you a stick, get you a stick to just beat these people away." And I was like, and then I started doing it, be like, you know, he's got a beard too, and like kind of point and be like,
0: "Yeah, yeah." like It's Like, but he has a shaved head. Maybe he's a biker.
1: So I started thinking like, well, I can't shave my head because then there would just be two of us with shaved heads. And then if it and if they just started like even more, like, oh my god, I loved your beard, shaved head. It would be like, all right, well, this is bullshit. What the? That's fuck? That's why I
0: can't grow my beard long. There can only be two, one long beard on the <laughs> fucking podcast. So I keep mine short. Oh, man, no, see, no, mine just day, looks weird when it gets a certain length. <laughs> no, it's got to
1: be long. You know, it used to it used to be a thing where like, you couldn't even go into a church if you didn't have a beard. Like, well, my
0: my chin hair. Like the actual chin part doesn't grow any further, so I end up with like this reverse V. That's awesome. It's weird. Okay, let's get back on topic. <laughs> right. Even though we never, we kind of stayed with it, but sort not. of, sort of. We went into beard land, which is good. It's good to have diversions. Um, okay, so to refresh our memory, input having good input. Mm-hmm. Um, these are these are ways that I think that I could think of to enhance system two. Talking, conversations, listening, articulation. Um, the next one seems really obvious. So we should probably do the obvious one. It's silence, thought, sitting and thinking, which also includes reducing your input. So having times where you turn off the TV and you just sit there and think about what you have to think about. This is something I find myself not doing often enough, where I'm, uh, oh my God, I can't think of an example right now. There's something I had to do about a week ago i was like okay i need to i got to figure that out and i'm watching like tv and i'm like yeah i gotta figure that out eventually and then it hits me i'm like or how about now (laughs) what What am i I waiting for
1: i'm just watching tv right now this is not important because sometimes what happens to me is i'll be doing that and then whatever the the stimulus it is that i'm you know uh partaking in the moment whether it be like tv or um looking up shit on youtube or fucking reading something it's like that'll start to push that idea and that thought out of my brain Mm -hmm. push it further back and then i'll forget about it and be like there was something i needed to do it'll come back to me sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't and if it does maybe i'll realize that it was that thing that i forgot about or i just treat it as a new idea
0: what's funny i just found a piece of a word that was cut out of a magazine for what it looks like It's just randomly sitting on my desk it's smaller than my fingernail and it just says no <laughs> i don't know what that the
1: universe was. is a funny thing my friend
0: uh, or maybe it says on or as i was say, yeah. um, but anyways uh, <laughs> but i think with two things that are going on when that happens when we when we put off the thought process so obviously one of them is you know not wanting to go into into system 2 so, you know, like fear or just like, oh, that doesn't sound fun. You know, like sitting here passively watching this show or listening to this album is more fun than, you know, figuring out what my bills are every month instead of just guessing. You know, that could be one where you're like, oh, why don't oh, yeah. I? what's my budget? What's my monthly budget or whatever. Yeah. But then there's also... Input addiction, which we're all guilty of because of social media, but also because of television, because of radio, because of advertisement. Going back to way before social media, we're continually being, being inundated with input to where reducing that and turning that off, like your friend. Like, I can't deal with silence. Yeah. Yes, you can. Your body and your brain are made for it. Yeah. What do you do when you <laughs> sleep, man? Some, I know people that sleep with TVs on
1: I, you know, I'll put on, I'll put on stuff for background, you know, I used to always sleep to music and not because I needed the sound it was because, because of my love for music, like there mm-hmm. was nothing better for me than to just like, not only be, you know, wrapped in comfy blankets on my bed, but also have my ears and my inner sounds be wrapped in comfy blankets of music. Um, right it just made me feel that much more comfortable. You know, like I felt so much more at ease and you know, some of my favorite sh- fucking shit to listen to to sleep. I don't know if you ever tried it, but Gregorian chant. Goddamn mm. Goddamn son of a bitch. You must That's have like Skyrim like dreams. <laughs> you know, it's, I don't think I've ever had a bad night's sleep. If I've had Gregorian chant going,
0: mm-hmm. I'm going to have to try it um,
1: once just to see. And I used there was a there was a very popular. Um, I think it was in the nineties.
0: Mm-hmm. I know which one it was. Like the first, yeah. like huge. It
1: it, it went on the charts, and it yeah. was just called Chant. Um, it was a Benedictine monks of um, Santo Domingo de Silos. Um, that CD that was the first time I tried that. It came out in ninety four, and. The f- sometime probably late nineties, I would say probably like ninety eight, ninety nine. I first time I put I would put that on because I would listen to it, you know, just kind of like you would any music. But then I was like, no, it's kind of a soothing. I mean, yeah, track because you know you always hear about like going to sleep to like Mozart and classical music and mm-hmm. makes you smarter or like falling asleep to fucking white noise and. Oh, it's different shit. I'm like, well, what about sleeping to this? So I put that on and I just like kind of became addicted to it. And um then as you know, technology and shit for you know um progresses, then like all I had to do was just go on Pandora and just type in Gregorian chant and create a radio station, and then it's just giving me a whole slew of them. Um
0: but even right, like because it, falling asleep is basically turning on your subconscious. So something that's going to stimulate subconscious thought faster. You know, like they say, if you sit and try to actually everything that you're thinking about, you actually try to picture it visually, you'll fall asleep faster. Mm -hmm. By the way, I think your oldest bar is the Genoa bar. Uh, That could be right. All right. So, oh, two more things about thought, about contemplative thought. There are two forms of this as well. Uh, both are necessary, I think. First is the one that we've obviously been talking about, which is sitting and actively thinking, working your way towards something, reasoning something out. but then there's also like what I do when I walk is uh, I'm not specifically focusing on something, but I also don't have any um, obvious input you know other than the world and footsteps and trees mm. and dogs, which is passive thought I'm letting thoughts drift in. But I'm not trying to make them. And this, this, or daydreaming is another way somebody would maybe refer to this. This is really important too for the making the connections because this is where you make unlikely connections. When you're when you it's important to do the active sitting and thinking because you're you're purposely making connections. You're setting up steps and you're drawing, you know, the architecture of something. But then when you're walking and things are drifting in, things that Aren't already included in your subset that you're working with will drift in. Like, oh, that room, all of a sudden you're thinking about Hawaii. Why am I thinking about Hawaii? Oh, because I remember reading that book by Michener and he said this. Oh, that totally relates to that thing that I was thinking about earlier. Boom. Mm -hmm. Now you've got this connection. Yeah. So that is really important too because people seem to think this is only one way to just do this thing and both are really important. you are got to have both.
1: Yeah. Balance. The yin, the yang, the alpha and the omega.
0: The beginning and the end? I don't want this to end ever. I want to think in System 2 forever and burn out. Um, Okay. So my favorite step and which this one I think is... I don't want to say the most important, but it's the one I'm going to emphasize the most. Because I feel like to some degree, all the ones that we've talked about before are very obvious. Mm-hmm. And this one, is not, this one is obvious as well, but it is not as popular, we'll say, which is actually writing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and there's three forms of writing as well. Because they, things happen in steps. So you have notes, journaling, and what I'm calling authoring. I'm calling it authoring because I already used the word writing. <laughs> I didn't want to have it there. To... Writing, writing, and writing. Yes, but three different kinds. Um, so, first of all, for notes, this goes back to what you were saying before. Like when you're watching TV, if you have this idea, the thing is going to force it out. That's why it's always important for me to have. A scratch piece of paper and a pen yeah. within reach. Yeah, because uh, you know, maybe you're really into the show, but you have an idea. Cool, write it down yeah. and go back to the show. Yeah, I started keeping a pen in my wallet years
1: ago in high school. Exactly. I want mean, Fisher Space Pens. Fits right in where the wallet
0: folds. Doesn't break or anything when you sit down. It's gold. And I have... You've seen my wallet. Yeah. It's a little tiny notebook with a Fisher fish space pen attached to it. Yeah. See? Yeah. And this is important so you can grab those things, right? You want to grab... But those are obvious things too. What's the reason I use the term scratch paper too is because you don't want this to be like your journal or your diary because these things... You need this to be able to be messy. It's oh, got to yeah. be a piece of paper you can fucking throw anything at. In my And Probably, let's
1: see, early 20s, I was like doing that a lot where I just I would have like receipts all the fucking in my car. If I went to drive through, I'd stuff the receipt like in the, even still now, I just have a shit ton of fucking random pieces of paper and envelopes and shit in my car. But it's like, that's all I did back in the day was like anything I could write on. And it was just everything, any blank piece of paper I had had something written down on it. Um, you know, when I was feeling at my height of my, um, you know, freedom out of high school and being like, oh, I'm a dumb, a creative, and I'm just like, any thought was fucking in my head was gold, but most likely they were not. Um, but yeah, no, that's it was the most, I think, the most in tune and I like, content I felt with feeling like I was, I had a handle on, um, how I was thinking and feeling at that time because I was like, I was doing all of that. I was I was listening, I was inputting, I was fucking journaling, I was writing, I was fucking doing it
0: all. When when the physical act of writing, this has been proven scientifically, I don't have the research in front of me, but <clears throat> writing cements things in your mind more. So mm-hmm. like if you have things to do today, it's great to have an app. Um I'm not going to say anything bad about productivity apps and calendar in phones and stuff because uh, you can search them and they will alert you so you don't forget things. Paper can't do that. But you also probably should be writing them down. Yeah. You know, like, what do I have to do today? Write that down. Why? Because it's putting it into a different place in your mind. Now, when you take that same functioning, you take that same part of your brain and you apply that to ideas and stuff like what we're talking about, like, why can't I connect um, the lack of computers here with what it means for the universe and stranger things? Why can't I can connect those two things? Mm -hmm. Well, the more you're writing down things like you're saying on a, in our scrap, in our scrap notebooks or on a receipt or on an envelope or on an index card that's just laying there, every time you're doing that, you're bringing those things into your brain in a more active way. So they're going to be more accessible to you. Yep. So you're going to be able to, you know, like how many times have you written something down? Like, I got to write this down. So I don't forget it. But then you never forget it. Well, cause yeah, there's
1: a physical connection to what it is.
0: You exactly. You, and you're taking action. Yeah. Which moves you out of passive into active, which is one of the biggest obstacles with the difference between system one and system two, is system one, for the most part, actually not for the most part, is passive. It happens without your will. System two requires will. You have to will that thought. You have to will yourself into that process. And it's also really important when... This is this one is the most... Actually, one more thing about being messy and disorganized. I forgot. This is one of the dangers of buying really fancy notebooks is something i've faced personally you don't want to put messy things in there or you don't want to write or have to scribble something out and yeah because it's a nice notebook
1: right you're but, trying to get it to feel like a, a actual printed something that people would go and pick off a shelf and read
0: yeah like oh if i died and somebody picked this up they would think i was cool yeah which to some degree anybody that's buying a fancy journal and writing in nice handwriting in it Even if they're not consciously thinking, they're probably subconsciously thinking that. And those are great. I'm not going to say anything about that because that's where I do my journal and my diary, whatever word you prefer. I do that in there, in one of those. But this scratch paper, as I've referred to it multiple times, this is just for... Doing all this stuff before the computer. Think about all the shit you used to do. Where it's like, okay, oh, grocery list on here on this corner of the paper. Then I did a little small little math thing right here. You know, maybe I did a little multiplication. Mm-hmm. And then over here, I just wrote out some band name ideas. Then scribbled out three of them. What you what you end up with on the paper is not important, but you needed the paper to be able to do things that you're doing like the band name thing it was the process of crossing things out yeah. you're never going to have to look at the list and go what did i cross out y- you just used it to get to a you know so you're using it as a tool so that's why having it be having it able to do that is important too because it's not just about capturing it's about actually thinking on the paper and cool. Go ahead, go ahead.
1: No, no, so it's because you are actually, like when you say you scratched it out, it's like you only, not only did you scratch it on the bit, but you were literally scratching it out of your head. It was like... Yes, exactly. It was like on your fucking like people, day, you know, on the iPhone, you hold something, you swipe it over and that little delete fucking button pops up. You hit that. It's the same fucking thing. Um, but it's having that physical, for me, it's having that physical connection to something that was in my head. I've now seen it physically manifest on something that i can touch and i can pick up i can tear it up i can burn it i can crumple it and throw it away i can eat it you know it's like that makes whatever it is part of reality and for me it's important to always remember that i am in at least i think i am
0: in a reality and so by making like that something stranger thing thing stranger thing thing stranger uh, thing things uh, thing article Reality is analog.
1: Yeah. No, 100%. And by re- remaining grounded in the analog um, way of doing things is I feel like it helps understand and utilize the non-analog things properly and in the right way and at the right times. Um, because you understand that, and I feel like you're reminded um, and kept aware at all times that if all of the the digital you know stuff goes away, and it, can, it easily can, you're still able to function and exist beyond that, back into the real world, which the we and the digital things all exist.
0: Right, oh, and that's not even we haven't even mentioned the different types of learners too. If you're a visual learner and you don't have scrap paper, thinking's probably really hard for you. Yeah. <laughs> you need to like actually play. With, I think I'm a visual learner to some degree because there are certain things I can't do without a piece of paper in front of me. I just can't. Yeah,
1: no. I think, it's, I think it then it's, it's more of a, where does it start? Can it start with the thinking and go to the visual or can it be, it needs to be visual first and then you can go beyond that after you've taken the visual and then start to deeply think about it. Right. Because I've always been that way where you know, I can learn lots of different things. I need you to show me at least once. And tell me, talk me through it as you're doing it, and then I can leave you and go about my way and figure it out after right. that. But I need this need to see and hear it first, and then I can think about it and analyze it and figure out in my head how I'm capable of doing it because of how I am and how I do things
0: as opposed to how you do things. Yeah, you need like a video capture that you can yeah. refer back to, like, okay. Oh yeah, okay, okay. Right, 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 right. Okay, one other one other thing about the scrap paper. This is the hardest thing. And I think this is the hardest thing for everybody. But in particular, I will focus on myself. Learning to recognize your thoughts. Um, <laughs> sounds ridiculous. What I mean by that is um, I could be listening to an episode of Joe Rogan. For anybody that's listening to an episode of Joe Rogan, that usually means I'm in for at least three hours of content. During that time, I am thinking about things. That's why I like listening to that show. But sometimes I get so wrapped up into the show that I don't recognize I'm having a thought. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's happening, but it's happening in this passive way. Like mm-hmm. um, Neil deGrasse Tyson was the last one I listened to. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they're talking about a black hole. Well, all of a sudden, I was probably thinking something about a black hole.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it doesn't mean I have to write down every single thought that's in my head, but anything that's novel or anything that's useful, I have to learn to be able to recognize those and not let them just slip away in the stream of all the unimportant thoughts. You know, like uh, I watched the documentary on uh, the Satanists trying to put up a a statue next to the Ten Commandments Mm -hmm. um, because they wanted religious plurality to be represent it that they Mm -hmm. want to show that there's more than one um it's called hail satan Mm -hmm. um watch that i could have just been like oh good documentary and i had thoughts during it but then i was thinking like oh being able to recognize like oh i'm thinking about the implications of the constitution right now i'm thinking about plurality i'm thinking about uh, the difference between doing something to shock people and doing things to prove a point. Mm-hmm. These are all things that I can write down. All the other thoughts that I had during that, like, that guy has a weird face or something yeah. like that. Don't yeah. need to write that down. So that's, that's a very important to be able to filter and recognize your thoughts. And that's that's a skill. Like, I'm barely learning that one. As I catch myself afterwards and go, oh, I really enjoyed that episode. And I have to ask myself, like, why? Right, yeah. What was I thinking about?
1: <laughs> Are you getting stuck on the wrong points? Are you getting, um, yeah, I find myself getting, um, lost in like too many of the, the ridiculous, like, what ifs, like, expanding beyond, you know, what was actually being held, you know, in context. Um, so I feel like I, I suffer from the same thing you do, but in the opposite direction where i like start going way crazy beyond it. Mm-hmm. Not, not super basic. I'm just like, the guy should not comb his hair that way. You know, it's like, <laughs> um, like what if, you know, just crazy. Impl- I mean, I haven't seen that documentary, so I can't even say like where my crazy thoughts would go, but almost like, you know, what if like Jesus was a Satanist?
0: <laughs> what if
1: this was his true message? I just kept going, but uh, yeah, no, I feel you.
0: Okay, and then now the other two forms of writing that are left: journaling,
1: kind journaling. of journaling.
0: But the reason that journaling I think is important is because journaling is taking all those things, you know, all these little things. You're not you're not going to do something with everything or thing that you've grabbed in your scrap paper, but some of those things you don't really understand yet. Mm-hmm. You know, like a, if I had a thought about surveillance capitalism the first time I heard about it before I had read anything about it, like, I mean, that's an interesting thought. They're collecting everything. What do, what do I feel about that? Why do I feel that? I don't know yet because I haven't thought about it yet, right? And I just captured it. Yeah. So journaling is a way to be able to do that. Then you can sit down and go, okay, what do I think about that? and then write about three pages because journaling is a process in the sense that from the beginning you don't have to know where you're going right well you're, you're not going
1: yeah you're you're not really trying to get an end goal you're just trying to
0: be and continue on the journey into the unknown yeah, it's like it's like a, you're taking it for a test ride yeah like what what do i have to say about this i don't know i'm what? just out for a mental walk here it's like a conversation where you don't have an agenda. Yeah, you know when you have an agenda, you're trying to get a point across. When you don't have a point to get across, and you're just having a conversation, you have no idea where it's going to go. Like a lot of my episodes with guests, mm-hmm. I don't have an agenda, so I'm finding out where they go. Yeah. So I think that that's really important to be able to go through that process. Um, what's his name? David Sadaris has this process that I find completely fascinating, and I'm a more than a little bit jealous of so he always has a little reporter notebook Mm -hmm. which for anybody doesn't know what that is it's like a little pocket notebook except they're long so it's like almost like the length of a pen
1: it's like when you see in, in movies when you have a reporter walk up and they talk and they flip out that black fold and they have a long just white sheet of paper and they're just sitting there writing down and then they flip it closed that's a reporter
0: exactly And you can get spiral ones too, which are less fancy than that. I think that's what he uses. Um, And some of them get really long. like It's like, I don't know, like six inches long. (laughs) That's
1: about average, I think. Or just below.
0: Yeah, that's an average. I'm using air quotes right now. Mm -hmm. Reporter's notebook. Mm -hmm. But anyways, so he's... brought to you by bang bros. (laughs) He's continually putting stuff down like we were talking about. He's using that as his scrap paper, right? Mm-hmm. And what he's writing down is for him, he's, if anybody's not familiar with him, he's very funny. Um, but he has a very wry sense of humor and his writing is somewhere between a short story and a memoir somewhere in there. Hard to explain if you don't know who David Stars is. And uh, most of it, uh, almost all of it all, Actually, not almost all, of it. all of it has to do with himself in the sense that he's exploring his life. Either things that have happened to him recently, you know, like I'm on the subway in London and I see this guy with a weird hat. So he's writing that in the notebook. Remember the guy with the fucking weird hat. Or he's remembering, oh, when I was six, my sister stole my marbles. Fucking bitch. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So he's continually writing stuff like that down. Then what he does is every morning, he pulls out the notebook and looks at what he'd written from the day before and then sits and expands it every, every single thing. So my sister stole my marbles. Okay, let me tell the story of my sister. I'm making the sound of a typewriter right now, which I don't know if you guys can hear. Um, my sister stole my marble. Let me tell that story. Let me try to remember every detail I can about it and just types it all out on a typewriter. And then I think it's a typewriter. It doesn't really matter. Everything. The guy with the hat. Let me write down everything about the guy with the hat. What else does that make me think of? He just writes it all. And it's not all going to be something he's going to publish. He just writes all of it. And then he... Maybe he uses a computer. I can't remember. But I know that he gets it all printed and then he binds them. Hmm. Like, uh, you know, those... I think he uses those plastic spiral things.
1: Yeah, um, Where
0: you punch a thousand holes in the side and then stab that yeah. shit through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then those are his journals. So he'll go through and then when he wants to expand something into a book piece, he'll go through those and go, Okay, let me take this one and work on that one, take this one and work on that one. But he's he's not using every single piece. I love that process. Just because he's taking a small thing, going somewhere with it. So that's a great way to look at thinking. So he's using it as steps. And that journaling step is the fleshing out step. And then the last is the one that I used, which is authoring or yeah. writing. Which is when you're taking those dots and you're giving them a purposeful structure. Because even in journaling, you don't have a structure. So now you're taking it you're going, Okay, I should start here. And then I should go here. And then my point is that now you're actually working on the actual architecture, like I said before.
1: Yeah, because you've, you've taken the jumble of ideas. You've given them tangibility. And then you can step back and look at them, lay them out without trying to remember all of the ideas and have your brain kind of flush out and be empty. And then just be like, okay, this one, I can take this one and this one can go with this one. And I can find a way now to just take this one and this one and connect them. And, and now we're doing what we wanted, right? Connecting right. thoughts. Now we're, co- yeah, exactly. The thoughts are busting down. But those are even those
0: <laughs> bust down thoughts. I almost missed it. You almost did. <laughs> uh, I was like, I'm in the middle of a thought. Wait, caught it. <laughs> caught it. it. Anyway, um, but I still think that, that even that that structure of, of authoring is still an introductory phase of connecting thoughts. Yeah. But even if we did all of the steps of the writing that we talked about right there, we still wouldn't be at the thing that I want which is to write things like that guy was writing. I think you have to do all of the steps. You need the you need the good input. You need the talking conversations. You need the silence and the walking and the, the passive and the active thinking time and the silence, I think I said twice. And then you need all the steps of the writing. You need all of those because all of those, the ones before the writing, feed into the writing part, right? The more mm-hmm. things that you're going to get in that scrap paper the better those things are going to be if you're doing all the stuff before. So yeah. I think they're all integral into that. So like that's, this is like what I've written out here is literally a game plan for myself to get to that place. Like these are things you need to, Like this is almost like a letter to myself. Chad, yeah. these are things that you need to do if that's what you want. So I, I think ultimately what I'm saying is the moral of my story, which is if I want my thoughts to connect more, I have to work at it. Yeah. I have to use system two to set forth a plan to create it. And that was probably my biggest problem is I wanted something, but I wanted it to happen without work. I wanted it to happen reactionary, system one. But it's not system one. That's system two thinking. And if you're going to do system two thinking, you need to use system two. Yeah. You got to commit. And that's, the, and that's literally like I think about that. I'm like, well, why don't I spend more time at my desk, like <laughs> focusing on something like, hey, let me, let me write this out. Let me just sit here and work on this. And that's a good question, right? That's then you, you take it back and you look and you go, most of the time you find like this thing that I want and I think I'm actually capable of, which is an important thing to clarify. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to be a female supermodel tomorrow. But, I'm not right. capable of that because number one, I'm not a female and I'm not a hot. But having something you want that you're capable of achieving and putting it forth in front of yourself and going, okay, what's my plan? I think I lost like the middle of that sentence somewhere or that thought. That makes sense. I feel like I I got sidetracked by the supermodel thing and I missed a chunk there. Did that what I was saying make sense, or did I jump? I don't know. I was
1: was thinking about you and ballet slippers as a supermodel.
0: (laughs) So one more tangible ballet bear. Yeah. Uh, What? Not as tangible as the image that you've just put in everyone's mind.
1: Um, (laughs) You're the one that created it.
0: But for example, all of this thought—would it work, or am I just, you know, am I just spitballing here? Would this actually work? And I say it absolutely would work because my journey to this episode mm-hmm. required me doing all of those things. Yeah, I started with no connected ideas. Right. Like, here's very short rundown of how this thing came about. I'm getting good input. I'm reading the Red Hand Files number fifty nine. Boom! There's a spark about you know the what's right. What's right before you? I take that spark. And instead of just letting it go, I write it down. And then I'm doing something later and then I'm remembering that weird studies thing and I'm going, okay, oh, yeah, that's, that's what I want. How do I get there? The thing right before me. Okay. Um, and all of a sudden, I'm starting to put these things together and I'm going, okay, let me do a little searching. Let me do a little research into this topic. And then boom, I have this re- reference to Daniel Kahneman. And then I'm remembering that book. So now I'm connecting to something I've read before. Now, I didn't remember all the details of System 1. I actually had to reread some things. Mm-hmm. But now I'm able to connect those thoughts. Now I've got three things connected. And then now I'm, I'm coming. I've got this outline. So I've structured it out. But structured it out close to a journal mm-hmm. situation, right? I didn't what really want but I did just throw down a bunch of words. I didn't, you know, sit and like try to create a written piece about it, right? Right. You have a rough draft. Yeah. I just, you know, like a first thought equals tags or whatever. <clears throat> System one equals bus about to hit you. Just little notes. And then what did I do? I came... Well, actually, there's a period of time where I had some silent contemplation because I was just kind of hanging out before we recorded Then I came in, had a conversation. Now I've talked this out with you. Now, between your input and things that have occurred to me during this episode that aren't included in this, I've come to a better understanding and I've connected so many thoughts. So I could, if I wanted to, sit down and write a piece about this. Because now I understand it well enough to be able to do that. So I think it absolutely does work. I've seen it work. I'm in the middle of it. Hmm. that's another reference to another episode. That's a lamb episode. <laughs> I don't remember what we were talking about. I said, we're doing it now. And he's like, you just blew my mind. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, hope you enjoyed that a little bit of nerdy nerdiness. If you would like to support the show and uh, the, my cognitive process, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can go
0: over to patreon.com forward slash Holy productions and what you will find is a bunch of random things that i've made in the past but you're going to find the first 30 or 40 minutes of this conversation where tom and i did not talk about a specific subject and we just had some random chatter where we just kind of had fun talked about barbecue and uh instagram and queer eye and what the hell else did we talk about i don't remember <laughs> So long ago. <laughs> so long ago. I'm too old uh, to remember. I'm also going to be doing these with lambs. We'll have the, the first you know, 30 minutes or so conversation for lamb. Be available. Be, be available. We'll be available for $5 and above tiers. And when I have guests, instead of the beginning, I take the end of their conversation because we continue past so there's like a half hour with them as well so every week you should be doing something bonus and uh, if you guys have missed tom or you missed him because you're not following him maybe you should know that he is on instagram as
1: sir.beardo sir period beardo sir the punctuation little poop down there on the bottom beardo b e a R-D-O. And there is an at symbol in front of that,
0: but I figured most people know that these days. Yes. You guys are also welcome to follow Latte on Instagram if you like looking at dog pictures. And, of course, you can follow the show at Random Badassery on Instagram and Twitter. You will tell them how to find Latte. Latte like the drink. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that part. Latte like the drink. One word. Uh, You know what I've been doing, I've been enjoying over there is using the stories to repost five of my favorite dog photos for the day. I haven't seen that. I, it brings a little joy to my life.
1: Lots of dachshunds and hoodies. And lots
0: of puppies, right?
1: People, puppy, that's cheating. Puppies are easy.
0: Yeah, that's okay. When it comes to dog, you want an easy dog. <laughs> you don't want no, to I do. just mean
1: as far as I get attention for cuteness.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. And, of course, um, if you guys like this episode... And you're listening in overcast. Now is the time to hit the star. We are still. We're above revisionist history by Malcolm Gladwell. Holy shit! Thank you guys. I don't know. God damn. We beat out Conan and Oprah. I don't know how the hell that happened. Let's fuck keep those doing it. Why
1: well, no? Don't oh, fuck I hope. love
0: them. You can share this episode with somebody if they think that they will appreciate it.
1: Tell all your friends, your family, yes. everybody.
0: Post it in their post it in their phone. You know, download it onto their phone for them.
1: Yes. Force them to listen to it. Play it while they're sleeping
0: how about you steal their phone and you can rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and take a picture of your wiener. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to leave an awkward silence there. Yeah. <laughs> Not for what, us. What, I'm he the only one that, that does that? What? Oh. He means for them. He means for them. Okay. Um, I think we are going to leave now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll Leave it on the wiener.
0: Bye-bye, babies.
1: See you. Ah!